Hey guys, ECRG here, and today we're going to be talking about what is a Clinical Research Associate, or CRA. Hey guys, ECRG here, and today we're talking about what is a Clinical Research Associate, or a CRA, as they're often called for short, or a monitor. A lot of times they're called monitors, but it's the same thing, they're synonyms. They're talking about the exact same position. Now, this is the position that everyone always comments about or everyone knows clinical research for, the clinical research associate. This is the position that I guess made clinical research famous and people want to go into it. And why is that? That's for a couple of reasons. One, people that are younger tend to want to travel more for their job, at least in the beginning. You know, people that are older may go into things like project manager or become a clinical trial lead or a lead CRA because they don't have to travel as much. You know, they got a family, they got a house to take care of. But people that are younger in the millennial generation right now are fine traveling all the time. And quite frankly, clinical research associates do a lot of traveling and they make pretty good money. So that's why it's an attractive option for many younger people. But then obviously that's a straight up generalization. There are young people that don't want to travel as much, so they may go into project management and that's fine. Or they may become an in-house CRA, which is going to do the similar things we're going to talk about in today's video that a CRA does, but just from an in-house perspective. So they'll do that remotely from home or in the office. So this is a CRA and I'm sure a lot of you guys know about what a CRA does at this point, but just to review a little bit, what does a CRA do? So the purpose of the CRA is to go to each site on the protocol and ensure that they are following GCP ICH regulations. They want to make sure that the site is uh, in compliance with those regulations as well that they are in compliance with the protocol and basically to make sure that they aren't you know taking any shortcuts that patients have been enrolled um, and to pretty much ease them along throughout the study make sure that they're following everything that need to be followed and you know there's an increased propensity for the for uh, clinical research is going into a more remote direction and so they're going to be trying to have CRAs only go out when, you know, this is kind of risk-based monitoring. They're going to only have them go out when there's a high risk to make a mistake and or when the data point is at high risk. And that's because, you know, it takes a lot of money for obvious reasons. You got to pay for flights and pay for food and all that stuff when you send someone out each time. But as far as it goes right now, it's very important that the CRA goes out. You know, they're going to be making sure that the amount of uh, drug IP and the amount of IP that is being dispensed to the patient is actually the amount being dispensed. They're going to be checking the IVRS system for that. They are going to be monitoring case report forms and electronic data for quality, completeness, and accuracy. You know, so they're, they're really going to be doing a lot with the data. And it's, it's an attractive position for people because it's on the clinical side. They're getting hands-on with the people that are actually going to be conducting the research. And that's a that's a, something to think about if you're interested in going the clinical route or project management route. If you're in project management, you're going to be a little bit distanced from 
people that are conducting the research. So a lot of people like clinical operations for that reason, you're gonna be one step closer to the research. So that's gonna be the main thing, monitoring case report forms. They're also going to be issuing and closing out queries uh, for the research site. They are also going to be uh, assisting with the collection of study documents. So the PICVs, uh, the sub-ICVs, the making sure that the PI has a GCP training and things like that. They're gonna be collecting all those documents and either scanning them or bringing them back in wet ink copy back to the CRO to be put into the TMF. So they're gonna be doing that. Now the CRA may input to the TMF themselves or likely they're gonna be sending it to someone like a CTA, that's a clinical trial assistant or project coordinator or whoever the CRO has, there's gonna be a, a designated person. And often these, these roles have different titles to them. These are more entry level roles. And the CRA is gonna be giving it to that person and they're gonna be putting it into the TMF or the CRA may be putting it into the TMF themselves if they're a really good CRA. They're really good, but it's very hard for them to do it because they're usually very busy and traveling all the time. So that's pretty much it. You know, case report forms, uh, they're training the sites on uh, the protocol and GCP, ICH, making sure that they're following that. Uh, at the end of the day, they, they do teach the site. They're answering their questions on the protocol because sites are always going to have questions on the protocol. So CRAs have to really be masters of the protocol, really have that down pat, make sure that the doctors and the people doing the research, the study coordinators are following the protocol to the T because if they're not following the protocol, then that's going to be a protocol deviation and that data point is going to be at risk for not being included in the study. So all that money, time, and effort that was spent uh, you know, for that particular patient could be null and void if a CRA doesn't catch a protocol deviation. You know, they're also going to be monitoring for adverse events and serious adverse events. If you haven't already, you can, we're not going to rehash that here, but you can see our video there on adverse events and the differences there between that, but they're going to be looking out for adverse events and serious adverse events. So that's pretty much it. You know, one of the reasons why CRAs get paid so much is the travel. And they're going to be just on the road constantly, three, four days a week, I've seen. And, you know, they're busy. It just takes it just takes a lot out of them. So a lot of CRAs do get burnt out from time to time. It just depends on your support system and, you know, if you really enjoy the lifestyle. And CRAs are not entry-level positions. If you, you should go back and watch our video on why you should be patient to be a CRA about that more in depth, but CRAs are not entry-level positions. The more entry-level positions, if you have no experience in clinical research, you're gonna be looking for like study coordinator. Clinical trial assistant is a good one. Maybe site ID specialist, another good one, or a project coordinator or project specialist at some companies. And these are the more entry-level positions to really get yourself acclimated to clinical research. So you should look for that, look out for those. And then after you know a year or two of that, then you can slide into a clinical research associate position. And then you can just move up from there. They have clinical research associate level one, level two, level three. And then typically after that, they'll have like a lead clinical research associate or a clinical trial lead. 
same similar role, just different titles at different companies, just depends. And the lead or the clinical trial lead is not going to be traveling as much as the CRA. So, you know, that that's fine. That's that's up to them, but that's just typically how the ranking system goes. And as far as the sponsor goes, each CRA has to be cleared by the sponsor. So each CR, each CRA has to be uh, allowed by the sponsor to participate on that study. So it's a lot easier. Typically, they want to spend more more money and get a CRA two or a CRA three to uh, come on their study because they're obviously going to know more about you know being a CRA. They're going to know how to typically you know do all the things that a CRA is going to do. They're more experienced. So they're gonna be able to do things faster than an entry-level CRA is. You know, a level one who doesn't have as much experience. So it can be difficult at first when you become a CRA one to get experience on trial because you have to be cleared by the sponsor still. It's, it's not like you're home free once you become a CRA. You still have gotta put in the work and get cleared by the sponsor, which can be, which can be difficult, but you know, it just takes time like everything. So a lot of people, once they become a CRA, they're they're either waiting around, you know, just doing TMF, or you know, you gotta wait for that right protocol in order to be trained, or wait for someone to take you under their wing in order for you to be trained appropriately. So that's a little bit about what is a clinical research associate or a CRA or a monitor. Um, you know, I outlined a few points there about a few major things that they do. So if I missed anything. You CRAs that follow the channel, please comment down below uh, any key things I may have missed. I think I did all the big ones, but just in case I missed anything, please comment down below. Like this video, share this video, uh, comment down below. Also, you can email us at eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. All you CRAs out there, if you want to be interviewed, we'd love to hear what you've got to say about what it's like being a CRA. We can keep it anonymous. We can you know, just do audio only. So if that's what you want, we won't talk about where you work or anything like that. So email us at eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com or comment down below. And that's pretty much it for this video, guys. Take care.